0: Hello and welcome to I read a book once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I'm going to be talking about The Other Westmore, One Name, Two Fates by Westmore or just The Other Westmore. I named, I wrote, read whatever the subtitle. I don't know if it's just on the cover or if it's an actual subtitle. Let's look. I think it's just on the cover but One Name, Two Fates. What a true... Part of the story. Anyways, so like I said on the last episode, if you listen to it, which I just recorded it, which is why I'm mentioning it, anyways, um, this is a memoir by a guy named Wes Moore about his life, but also another guy named Wes Moore's life, and how the two of them had the same exact name. They grew up streets apart, but they ended up having very different lives, with the author being a Rhodes scholar, a very accomplished dude now, and the other guy serving out a life sentence in jail for a robbery of a jewelry store and being part of the murder of an off-duty police officer who was serving as a security guard at the jewelry store at that time. So, it's a memoir talking about their two lives and moments in which there were a lot of similarities and patterns and things like that, but they ultimately diverged into these two very, very different lives, and so I got this book from my aunt. We did a book swap, which I feel like I'm going to mention a bazillion times, but um, I gave her Sisters in Arms, which I talked about last episode, and this is one of the three books that she gave me, and she was explaining it, and it sounded really interesting, and it was really short. It's only about 180 pages or something like that, so I thought, sure, and it was the first one I decided to pick up of the three books she gave me, And honestly, I think it's probably going to end up being my favorite. I don't know. I'm just started the next one, but I'm really, really enjoyed it. I 100% recommend this book and I'm super excited to talk about it. I'm not sure how it's going to go because it's a memoir. It's a little bit different, both plot and discussion wise than when you talk about a normal book. But I'm going to go for it. So, uh, if you don't want this book spoiled, make sure to stop here because I'm going to go do a brief summary of this book. Not sure how that's going to go. And um, then, anyways, when you're done reading it, come back and listen to it. I don't think I'm going to issue any trigger warnings other than the fact that, you know, they're growing up in poverty. And so, you're going to hear about that, but there's nothing extremely awful or detailed or super graphic that is going on in this book, so I think it should be okay for people to read. But without further ado, let's get in to the plot summary. So, huh, well I guess one thing I want to say is that Wes, see this is going to be hard for me because they have the same name, so, because I don't want to just call him Wes Moore who's the author and then the other Wes Moore as the not author because that feels mean. So, maybe I'm going to call the author Moore and the other one Wes. I'm not really sure. We'll see how it goes. But the author starts out by talking about how he's not excusing Wes who's in jail, his actions, or like trying to... um, This this is what he says. It says, it is my sincere hope that this book does not come across as self congratulatory congratulatory or self-exculpatory, most important is not meant in any way to provide excuses for the events of the fateful day, February 7th, 2000. Let me be clear. The only victims that day were Sergeant Bruce Prothero, who was the man who died in his family. So this book is actually about, he says, um, a way of thinking about choices and accountability. So, and talking about how their paths have diverged and things like that. So I just want to get that out there now, because I'm going to be talking about the other Westmore's life. And I don't think I'm going to necessarily like excuse what's going on, but we're going to be talking about the factors that kind of got him where he was. And so I also want to make it clear that I am not excusing his actions of uh, robbery, drug dealing, and being an accomplice in murder. So yes, there we go. Let's get into it. So basically there's three sections of this book and they are fathers and angels, which talks about their young childhood, choices and second chances, which talks about mostly their teenage years, like their young teenage years, and then paths taken and expectations fulfilled, which talks about like their late teenage years and early 20s. And then, you know, there's some other things. And so each of the sections starts out with kind of a recollection of a conversation the two Wes has had. So basically the author, after he comes back from his Rhodes scholarship, he decides he wants to write Wes a letter, kind of being like, hey, we have the same name what's up? Like, how did you get here? Whatever. And shockingly, Wes responds to this letter and they end up so- forming sort of a friendship, I would say. And they exchange letters for a while and then they eventually meet and they have a series of meetings. The author and Wes meet multiple times really. And they have these really interesting discussions. What also is interesting is that Wes remain, like remains, continues to state his innocence for, like, the entire time, saying he was not involved, which is extremely, extremely unlikely that he's innocent of the situation that he was convicted for. But basically, the book starts out talking about um, their young childhood. They both grew up without fathers. The author's father had a tragic medical, like, accident thing where he had some sort of, like, I don't know, his airways closed and he died when he, when the, The author, Wes, was only maybe four, and then um, he later, his mom moves them from Baltimore to the Bronx, and then it talks about his young childhood in the Bronx, kind of growing up in the neighborhood, how he would do graffiti, but he wasn't involved in anything worse than that, but he didn't go to school a lot of the time. His mom ends up finally cracking down on him and sends him to military school at the beginning of high school or eighth grade or something like that. So he really hates military school. He tries to run away, but he ends up staying there with so many sacrifices made because of how expensive military school was. And it ends up teaching him responsibility and really um, helps him to grow into the man that he becomes. He uh, enlists in the military. He ends up Um, going to college at John Hopkins because his mom and his younger sister end up moving back to the Baltimore area. He uh, does a study abroad trip in South Africa, like right after apartheid ends. So that was super interesting. He becomes a Rhodes Scholar. And it just, that is his basic life. On the other hand, we have the other Westmore West or whatever we're going to call him. And so his father was just not involved. His mom had his older brother with some other man who, again, is not really that involved. But his brother, Tony, ends up living with the dad most of the time. Wes lives with his mom who had been going to college, but they um, stopped the Pell Grant so she couldn't finish out college, which is kind of an important plot point in him thinking about, like, situations and, like, financials and socioeconomic status and things like that. And so... They end up staying in Baltimore, kind of moving around. They end up moving out to Baltimore County. Tony is part of the drug game, but he tries to keep his younger brother, Wes, out of it. Wes, once he hits maybe 12, 10, I can't remember what age he was, but, you know, around that age, ends up getting involved himself because he is tired of not having money. He thinks it seems easy, so he ends up getting involved. His mom doesn't know at first, but when she finds out, she freaks out. She says, absolutely not. She, like, destroys all his drugs, like, flushes them down the toilets, like, you can't be involved in this. Wes ends up being like, whatever, and he ends up keeping his drugs at other places and continues to be part of that drug game. He ends up getting a girl pregnant and they end up having two children together. He ends up having two children with another woman later on who ends up becoming extremely addicted to drugs and passing away from drug addiction later on. And so, for a while, he's really in the drug game, but then he decides, like, there's a couple instances when he's, like, really little of, like, knives and an attempted murder charge and this other stuff. And then uh, eventually, I think in his, like, late teen years, early 20 years, he decides he's going to go straight. So, he does this program, which I can't remember where it's called. Takes him about a year. He gets his GED because he dropped out of high school to just, like, do the drug game, basically. And he becomes a carpenter And he stays out of the drug game for almost a year after that as well, but it just doesn't pay as well, and the jobs are extremely temporary. He ends up back in the drug game, and then eventually him, his brother, and two other men rob the jewelry store. Um, The sergeant runs after them. He ends up getting shot by um, Wes's older brother, Tony, and um, they go on the run. They are staying at their uncle's place in Philadelphia, and they end up getting caught, they're sentenced, they're all sentenced to jail, life, no parole. And that is the basic life stories that is given in this book. There's a lot more detail, a lot more anecdotes, a lot more flushing out and making both of them human. And like, I, I want to also say that the author talks about a lot of his low points, a lot of bad things he did as well. I touched on them very briefly about, you know, the spray painting, tagging, not going to school, whatever. But there are also like a lot of mistakes that the author makes in his young childhood life as well that I don't want to just gloss over and pretend didn't happen and that the author also doesn't do. He really tries to show you a full picture of who both of them are. And like he says, he's not trying to like say, oh, good for me, like whatever, or like I'm faultless, I'm blameless, but actually like showing the differences between the two of them and, but also a lot of the similarities. So. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to go in any further depth. I might talk about some stories more closely as I get into the discussion section, but I think that's actually a pretty good summary of what's going on and what their lives were like. So, let's jump into the discussion section. Just want to start with this idea that this book reminded me of being in college and that I feel like this is a book I could have read in one of my classes. I don't know what class I would have read this in, but I have read things similar to this and just this idea that, like, I think part of the reason why it reminds me of it is that although it is telling the story of their two lives, which was the part that I found really interesting, it also does a very good job of weaving in kind of historical and cultural context So it's talking about, like, the poverty in the area at the time, the school dropout rate, the teen pregnancy rate, drugs, violence, things like that. Like, what is going on in America and specifically in Baltimore and the Bronx at the time? And so I could have seen myself reading this in one of my classes And just like discussing it, especially because it's just so interesting, this idea of their lives diverging, even though they came from very similar backgrounds and situations and things like that. So I think one of the other reasons I enjoyed reading this is that it felt a little bit more academic than what I normally read. And since I graduated college, I really don't read things like that anymore. And so I enjoyed being able to have a little bit more of a critical lens a little bit more of, um, scholarliness and just read something that, like, not that my other books don't mean anything, but this one is, like, means something in a very different way, right? It's informative in a way that the other books can't be because of the context of it, right? And next week, I'm actually going to be talking about Hillbilly Elegy, and I feel like I'll be saying very similar things about, like, this reminded me of being in something I would have read for school, blah, blah, blah. I also think I'm going to probably compare and contrast these two books. I'm about 60 pages into Hillbilly Elegy, and I much prefer The Other Westmore as of right now, but we'll see how that ends up, and you guys will hear about that next episode. So anyways, this reminded me of being in school. Okay, one other little minor thing I want to talk about right now before I get into the bigger interesting, deeper conversations is the idea of military schools. I thought they were fake. I did not actually think military schools were real. I thought it was just a fun story for Cadet Kelly, that DCOM Disney Channel original movie. I thought they were just something your parents threatened to send you to, but was not actually a real place people went. I did not know they existed for high school students. I thought it was just like, yeah, they're like college military schools. No, apparently... Military schools are real. The author, Westmore, went to one and I'm low-key kind of shocked that they're real. Did anybody else also think they were fake? They were just like made up to scare you into being good? My parents never threatened to send me to military school, but you know, that's like a thing you hear like, oh, you're going to get sent to military school if you're not good, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, apparently they're real they ended up really helping the author Westmore out. He says he learned about responsibility, brotherhood, like leadership, things like that while he's there. And it really does change the trajectory of his life, which is an interesting thought because like one of the things that he talks about is a lot is like because they came from similar situations, right? How did they diverge? How was that? Because there's so many things that are kind of similar, but they're not. And they one of the things they talk about, like, in one of the conversations between the two of them is this idea between a second chance and a last chance. And how can you differentiate between when is your second chance and when is your last chance? And I think that's very, like, first of all, I think that's a very poignant question. How can you tell the difference between your second chance and your last chance? You never are going to know until you realize it's your last chance after it's happened and you either... Took it, or most likely you didn't take it, and you don't have any more chances, which is what happens with the other Westmore. And so I think that is a very interesting idea. If you think about what was the last chance, I think the last chance for Westmore, who ends up in jail, is when he went to his, um, his like school thing where he got his GD and his carpentry license or whatever, because that really he went and he got on the right path and he just ended up falling off because he ended up falling off because he couldn't really support his family with how little money and jobs he had trying to be on the straight and narrow. And then he ends up robbing a jewelry store and being involved in the murder of somebody. And so, like, that's really, you can't really come back from that. And he doesn't. He ends up in jail and he'll be there forever. And so, like, I don't know. Whereas with the author, Westmore, you have, um, I think, really his second chance. The big one is when he gets sent to military school because prior to that, he's, like, been picked up by the police once for being with somebody when they were tagging. They end up being set free and they aren't arrested. But, like, he talks about that and then he talks about it. he's continuously skipping school. He's being a class clown. He's doing all these different things. And I think another thing that's different about it is, like, their parents. I'm not saying that, Wes who ends up in jail, his mom is a bad person or a bad mother. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But the author, Wes Moore's mom, like scrapes together all of the money that the family has. His grandparents end up, they are from Jamaica and they always thought that once they retired, they would move back to Jamaica and be with the friends and family there. They end up putting up their property in Jamaica for sale so that they can send Wes to military school. And this is really like that intervention, whereas the other Westmore's mom, like, doesn't have the money or the, like, family ability to do that with her son. Instead, she continuously tries to move him to better areas that she can afford, but it's too late in that he's already involved in the drug game, and the only way to make him stop, honestly, is to, like, completely like, if he also got sent to military school, but, like, that's just not a possibility. And I think a lot of what this book is talking about also is that, like, one of the other things I talk about is, like, expectations. What are you expected to be? But also, like, your situation and your environment. I don't want to say that Wes is a product of his environment, but he kind of is. Everybody is a product of their environment. And um, I just think that, like, while... The author ends up making it out per se. There's also some differences in um, their parents' statuses, and that his parents both were college educated. Neither of West, the other Westmore. I, I hate that I'm calling him that, but neither of his parents were able to finish college. Um, while they do live in similar areas, like, there's the family support is a little bit different, things like that. And so, there are differences in their lives, but then also a lot of it is ends up being accountability and your own personal decisions. So, I think one thing that Wes says is that, like, and I'm talking about Wes and Jill, he talks about, like, oh, man, I can't remember what he says. I don't know. Okay, I want to read this quote as I'm thinking, as I'm, like, talking about this. So, it says, it's, like, one of the best quotes of the book. It says, the chilling truth is that his story could have been mine. The tragedy is that my story could have been his. And so, like, I think this really sums up this idea that, like, there were, that they could have gone either way. Now, one of the discussion questions at the back of the book is, like, do you really believe that, like, their stories could have gone the other way? I think that the author's story, like, the first part of the quote I think is more true, that the chilling truth is that his story could have been mine. I see it happening more for the author going the route of um, the other Westmore and that, like, while he didn't get involved in drugs or anything like that, he was involved in, like, spray painting, tagging, which it seemed like most of the young boys at the time were, but he did get, get picked up from the police for that. He could have been somebody who dropped out of school and that he didn't try, he was skipping so much school, he was barely ever there. You can see, for me, how I see it, and other people probably see this very differently than me, but I see it could have gone that way, and that the author could have, if he did not have his family's support system, and a little bit of the tough love of his mom saying, like, I love you so much, I can't bear to see you, like, basically, you're gonna get... you're getting basically expelled from the school, like, you're not going, like, I'm worried about you, I'm sending you to military school, I know you don't want to be there, but I love you, and so I think this is what's best for you, like, if that didn't happen, it's very likely that the author's story could have been that, or even just that maybe he does graduate, but he's not going to John Hopkins, he's not becoming a Rhodes Scholar, all these different things, right, and that I really see, In that way, and that the author, in a little way, kind of I don't know if escapes his socioeconomic status is the correct term, I don't know if that like fits as I want it to, but he's able to have that social mobility because of the sacrifices that his mom and his family make really to send him to military school. So, for me, I really see military school as that pivotal moment, and I think he does as well because after that first year, he really likes being there he understands why he's there like what it's doing for him as a person he ends up liking it so much he joins the military for a bit like things like that right whereas the second part of the quote that says the tragedy is that my story could have been his is a bit harder to believe that Wes Moore could have been the author's could have had the author's life and I think that this is like just to a different degree like he could have had a better life he could have avoided jail because his older brother tries to keep him out of the drug game he's like don't go don't do this whatever and Wes ends up not listening to tony because he sees like tony's got nice clothes tony's got this tony's got that and like he ends up deciding like he, he wants that he is, there's this like kind of silly anecdote where Wes sees somebody with a headset uh, on the corner of the street and he says, I want a headset. And to get a headset, you have to be in the drug game. And that's kind of where Wes starts out becoming involved in selling drugs and things like that. And it's kind of a silly anecdote of, like, oh, he just wants this headset. But, like, it kind of is showing you that entry into it and things like that. And so, I don't think that, like, first of all, I don't think that the other Wes Moore could have ever had the life that the author has and that, like, I don't think his family had the resources to really send him to college unless he worked extremely hard at school and got a scholarship or, like, to send him to military school. I don't think that really would have been possible. I don't know if, like, he would have been able to, you know, be a Rhodes Scholar to do this, to do that, but I think there is a life path where West could have, you know, not been in jail, could have not been involved in selling drugs, things like that, and that could have been just, like, First of all, listening to his brother, he didn't do that. Well, if he had listened to his brother maybe and he didn't get involved in selling drugs, then maybe he would have graduated, right? And if he graduates, then he might be on a better path than he was. Or um, I think another thing that made it hard was he ended up getting these women pregnant or really girls because they were very young at the time. And like at that point, he's feeling a lot of pressure that he has to provide for them and his children and his mom and, like, whatever. And the only way he can make enough money to do that is by selling drugs and eventually, you know, robbing the jewelry store and this other stuff like that. And then um, his mom, while the mom cared about him and, like, tried to get him to stop and do whatever, she was run ragged, completely exhausted from the many jobs she had to work, the children she was supporting, the life that she had to live, like, this thing, the things like that. And so, it would have been extremely hard for her to provide the support that the author had with his large extended family that Wes in this, in his life did not have. So, I'm not sure if the other Wes could have had the author's life, but he could have had a life that didn't lead him to jail, basically. And so, I just think why this story is so interesting is that you're seeing people with the same exact names, and what also is interesting is that they both are from Baltimore, although um, the author ends up moving to the Bronx later on in his life, and then, you know, back in Pennsylvania, and blah, 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 but, like, you're seeing that, and you're seeing just how drastically, like, extremely drastically different their lives are, and so, like, it's really kind of illustrating that, but also what's so great about this book is that it's providing you with context. It's talking to you about poverty. It's talking to you about the high school dropout rate, teenage pregnancy, drugs, violence, crime, whatever. It's talking about all these things. And then at the end, there's like, I don't even know how many pages, like 50, 50, 40 pages of just resources for both people who are trying to help and people who um, need help. And it provides them from like, all over to specific different areas. And it's just very detailed. So, like, there's really a call to action at the end to say, like, you can help make a difference or you can help change your own life. And the other thing that was interesting is that there's an afterword where um, the author talks about, like, how he got all these letters and how impactful it was to get letters from school children who basically said, I read this book in school and it really helped me think about changing my life. Talk about, like, it, here's a quote. It says I've heard from teachers who tell me that the book is sparking conversations in their classrooms about personal responsibility. And from a 15-year Michigan police veteran who recommended the book to young officers on his team to help them better understand the kids they might encounter in the streets. So, they cannot just arrest juvenile offenders when they've gone wrong, but stop them before they do. So, like, what also is interesting about this book is what you're reading in school a lot of times doesn't feel applicable. Like, um, the Scarlet Letter doesn't feel applicable. The Tale of Two Cities does not feel applicable. Like, okay cool let me just read about these like dead white people by dead white men like whatever right no this book especially for children who are growing up in poverty especially black children because wow I'm so stupid but I guess I didn't mention that both West's are black huh I can't believe it took me until right now sometimes I do that when I'm doing these I just like assume you guys know Whereas there's no way for you to know unless you've heard of this book or looked it up unless I've told you. So I apologize it took me so long to get there. But basically, like, for black children or children growing up in poverty, for them to read this book in school, they can see themselves in both of these boys or these men. And they can see how the choices they're making now are going to end up changing their lives and kind of seeing the future. There is a quote basically that says something along the lines of Wes who ends up in jail of like how he could only see like the short term. He couldn't see the long term and that is what ended him up in prison is that he just saw the short term payoff of like we robbed this jewelry store, I'll be set. The long term payoff is that you end up in jail for the rest of your life. And so this is really going to help people and children in these situations s- see those long term like future what is that going to look like? And for, I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna end it there. I think this is a bit of a shorter episode. It was a shorter book. I had a very short plot summary, and I feel like I touched on a lot of things that I wanted to. I can't recommend enough that you read this book. Uh, I think that when you read it, it's going to come across way more impactful and insightful than I can say. I definitely think that many schools should think about picking these up and also think about changing up their curriculum, especially schools where you have the dropout rate. You have a lot of children living in poverty who are, like, they don't need to necessarily read the classics. Let's read things that seem applicable, things that are actually going to be impactful and change lives potentially, instead of just reading the same boring books. And I feel like I can say that because I was an English major and I read those boring books and some of them I liked, but some of them I didn't care for. And so, like, we don't need to read the same classics all the time, especially if you're not in an AP class who's going to get tested on those things. Let's read things that actually are going to be impactful on students. And I definitely 100% recommend The Other Westmore by Westmore. So, with that, let's go into the outro. If you read this book or if you've read this book or if you want to push back on my arguments or, like, make a different argument about why you think the two Westmore's lives diverged and things like that, send me a message. Either DM me on my Instagram at I read a book once blog or send me an email at I Read a book once blog at gmail.com. While you're on my Instagram, give me a follow. Like some of my photos. Stick around and check it out. I definitely would uh, appreciate it. Also, what I would really appreciate is for you to like, subscribe, rate whatever my podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. It's going to help other people find it and I'd super really, really appreciate it and I'll love you forever if you do it. You could also check out my now defunct website, com, with my really old blog post. I can't update it anymore, but I still own the rights to it, so feel free to check it out if you want. Next week, I'm going to be talking about Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. This is another book that my aunt gave to me and I talked about it a little bit earlier and I think that there's probably going to be some comparison contrasting to this book. I thought about waiting and doing kind of a joint episode where it was a compare contrast, but then I thought, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. So Hillbilly Elegy is another memoir and it is about the author and his family's story about Growing up and living in Appalachia, which is, if you're not familiar, kind of the mountain range in. It's pretty long, but like when you think about it, think about like Kentucky, West Virginia, Tennessee, like that's like the big area that we're talking about. Although the Appalachian Mountains kind of range throughout the um, mid what, eastern part, mid, the Mideast part of the United States. I don't know. Um, so, it's talking about his life and how he has an interesting line as well, like, that he talks about how he's pretty young. He thinks it's kind of stupid that he's writing a memoir but because his life's nothing extraordinary, but he talks about how for somebody from where he's from, from the social economic class he's from, it is extraordinary. So, that's what we'll be talking about next week. So, I'm not sure if I recommend it yet or not. I know that there's the movie I've never seen and that it's extremely popular, So, I'm working on it. We'll see what I feel. I'll let you guys know next week. Um, So, yeah, just ending it off by saying one last time. I recommend reading The Other Westmore 100%. And um, my name is Emma. This was I Read a Book Once, and I'll catch you guys next time.